This review is brought to you by Stamps.com. Sign up now using the promo code MERLE for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale with no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code MERLE, and stay tuned at the end of this review for more info. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my review for Arcane, the animated show that is based in the world of the hit video game League of Legends. This is a review that was heavily requested and was honestly something that was not on my radar at all until I started seeing more and more people saying, hey, have you seen Arcane? Have you seen Arcane? And the reason why is that I know exactly this about League of Legends, that it is a game. That's it. I've never played it. I didn't know anything about the world. And I saw on Netflix as I was scrolling through that there was a show based on League of Legends that it was called Arcane. But I assumed that it wouldn't be something that I would understand, that it may have been aimed towards the gamer audience. But as it was recommended to me more and more, probably a lot of you that are watching this video right now, I also kept hearing that you didn't need to know about League of Legends to enjoy the show. And there was so much buzz around it that I put it on my list. And as I was coming toward the end of 2021, looking at stuff, I wanted to wrap up the year by catching up on, Arcane was very near the top of the list. And I'll be quite honest, if I had watched the show and not really liked it, I don't know if I would do a review because a lot of times when I'm doing reviews, sometimes there's big movies, etc. that I know I should probably do a review for. But I think if I had seen Arcane and not liked it, I wouldn't go out of my way to do a review saying like, eh, you all recommended it to me, but I didn't really enjoy it because... I don't know. Why do that? Luckily, I really did enjoy this show, and I'm going to talk about why in this review, and it was another case like Demon Slayer and like other stuff where I get recommendations from you at home that are watching for stuff for me to get into, and then I'm happy to do a review here on the channel because I like to bring things from an outsider's perspective. I think a lot of the people that recommended the show to me probably are big League of Legends fans, but I can kind of bring you what I think from outside of that world. So I'm going to talk about Arcane, what I liked about the show. There is a somewhat... I guess moderate spoiler warning here. I'm not going to go into the exact details of what happens, but I am going to go into certain plot points that happen throughout the season. So if you haven't seen Arcane, go see it because it is a big recommendation for me. I think it's a gorgeous animated show and it's definitely worth your time, even if you don't know anything about League of Legends and then maybe come back to the review or if you just don't care. Uh, but I am going to go into some spoiler territory. The first thing that I think you have to note about Arcane is the absolutely stunning animation. This is from a company in France called Fortiche Productions. It's one of the best looking animated shows that I've ever seen, and it lends everything in Arcane such an epic feel. I'm new to a lot of non-American episodic studio animation, which is uh, generally a little more self-contained. And the storytelling, while not necessarily childish, is often aimed at kids, although I think that there are shows like Batman the Animated Series that can be equally enjoyed by kids and adults. But what I love about shows like Arcane is it is taking the medium of animation, and it's a mistake that I've often made as well to call it a genre. Animation is not a genre. Animation is a medium. Shows like this just further blow the line between feature and episodic animation. It brings the medium onto a level playing field with everything else. I love the style, this almost hand-painted kind of look. It's almost like a like an oil painting. The motion is very fluid. It's, it's just such a great combination, and I love that you have a company like this that's not necessarily a brand name in animation that's broken through with a show like this, because that opens the door for Fortiche and other studios like this to get a crack at these big properties. And I also want to give credit to Riot here. What I love that they did was they took the idea of a show based in the world of League of Legends and opened it up to 
to an entirely new audience. This is smart creatively because I love where the story went, but I think it's also smart financially because you're bringing people into the fold I'm probably never going to play League of Legends, and so I never would have entered into this world at all. I'm going to watch your show. I'm going to talk about your show. Uh, you know, who knows? You know, buy your merchandise, etc. That's tied to Arcane. It's a way of bringing in a different kind of fan, a new kind of fan, also servicing the fan base that you have. And again, I think this is the way to do a brand expansion right. It actually has a purpose. It serves that creative purpose very well, and it brings the show and the property in front of new eyeballs. One small thing I want to start with, which is the theme of the show, which is done by Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons recently got a little bit of uh, shade on Hawkeye. Look on the bright side, you don't have to go see Imagine Dragons. I love Imagine Dragons. And can I just say, I'm not well-versed in the Imagine Dragons discography, but the songs that I've enjoyed from them, I've really, really liked. I love the theme to this show. They took a song, which is from my least favorite movie of all time, Transformers Age of Extinction. That's on my playlist that I listen to all the time. Maybe there's a side of Imagine Dragons that I just don't know, but I feel like they get a little bit too much hate because I never once skipped the intro to this show, even if I was watching two or three episodes at a time, because that opening song is a jam. One thing that Arcane does really well is the relationships between the different characters, and of course the central relationship are the two sisters, Vi and Powder. We've all had bad days, but we learn, and we stick together. And one thing I like that the show did with both them and the other characters is that it took time to develop those relationships. I didn't know because I was had the luxury of kind of going into this blind and not really knowing what the show was even about. I did not know that there was going to be a time jump. And so I like the fact that you don't just do like half an episode or even just one episode of Vi and Powder when they're younger. A lot of other shows would have said, well, we want to get to all of the hex tech and we want to get to all of the big fights with the, you know, the big gauntlets and stuff and the and all of these kind of bigger action beats. But I like the fact that you're able to keep those action beats, and there's certainly action beats in the first three episodes of the show, but it understands that what you have to sell more importantly is this relationship between Vi and Powder, the fact that there's so much love there, but also the trouble that exists between them. And you have in the third episode, Powder coming in and trying to help and ultimately causing the death of many of her friends. I told you to stay away. <laughs> no. Why did you leave me? Because you're a jinx. This is a real divide between these two characters based in real trauma and grief and pain, and that makes the relationship more complicated. And that's what's great about the show is it's not afraid to make the relationships between these characters complicated. She is not my sister anymore. It's also really smart to take your time with introducing the show and the world because for the uninitiated like myself, if you've thrown a whole lot of jargon and all these new phrases and worlds into one or two episodes and expected me to follow the narrative of the show, it's very possible, particularly in the Netflix era, when stopping my viewing experience literally just means me saying, no, I'm not going to watch anymore and going on to something else. Instead, they take the time to do real storytelling. So I understood the difference between Piltover and the people that were in this undercity area. I understood understood Hextech and magic and what the development was and who Jace was and who Victor was and what the development of this magic meant and the conflict. All of the things that would pay off throughout the series, they don't rush through what all of it is. I've seen nations destroyed by a single seed and it looked 
exactly like this. Professor, this could save Victor's life. As we get into Act 2, I like all the conflicts that they introduce with our characters because they're often at conflict with themselves. The obvious one being Powder now having this sort of split personality of Powder and Jinx. So she's not just at war with her sister, which comes with its own set of drama. She's at war with herself, and I like how they showed that. They would often manifest in the, the sort of ghosts and these very kind of ghoulish images of her dead friends. But then you have characters like Jace and his conflict. And again, and this is one of those things where it's a gray area. He's developing this new technology, but it's very destructive technology potentially. And he has to decide, am I going to hold back and be safe here, but allow people to suffer by not sharing this technology because it is world changing and it can improve the lives of so many people? Or am I going to choose to be potentially destructive in the name of helping people, but that could ultimately make everyone's life worse? We can be improving lives with Hextech now. A breakthrough like this takes time, Victor. Putting that kind of power into everyone's hands is dangerous. It's not all black and white, good and evil. It's very shades of gray and complications in between. That's what makes for an interesting story. If there is an objective villain in the show, obviously that would be Silco, but they even brought layers of complication into him. He's obviously a gaslighter. He gaslights Jinx slash Powder. He manipulates her. There are hints, I think, at, at an even darker side that they don't bring straight up to the surface. And it's really uncomfortable to watch his manipulation of her. Have you forgotten how she left you? Who found you? Who cared for you? Gave you a home? I am your family. Everyone else betrays us. He actually reminded me a lot of David Tennant's character Kilgrave from the Netflix series Jessica Jones, which sadly has been canceled, where there is this kind of twisted love there, but it is buried under the manipulation and the destructive nature that he has in her life. And as I said before, that's what I love about this kind of revolution in animation is it has freed up shows like this to not feel like they are beholden to kids and that they have to hide all of this under all these layers of subtext and just kind of uh, insinuate here and there. There's now a freedom here to make mainstream animation a storytelling device for all ages, including adults. Act 3 kicks off with a great showdown between Jinx and her friend Echo, who we've met earlier in the series. And again, stylistically, with the animation, you take something that could have been very simple, which is just a battle between two characters, and you add a lot of psychological depth by choosing to portray them both as their sort of more conflicted older selves and then their younger selves, who would, you know, play games together when they were kids. And putting them into Mortal Kombat, no relation to the other video game, really underscores the the tragic nature of the fact that they have to fight at all and where this conflict has pushed everybody. Nobody really benefits from this except for the people at the top who don't have to pay any of the prices for this. I'm also a sucker for political intrigue, so I loved Jace getting put onto the council and then pushing Heimerdinger out in the name again of peace, in the name of continuing to develop this technology because I want to help people and you're holding me back because you're in a previous generation. We need a leadership focused on the future, not the past. You are the true father of Piltover. I believe it's time we gave the beloved founder of our city a well-deserved retirement. 
to me, it's another commentary on government and the idea of a ruling class and the fact that they make these proclamations for the lower class for their own benefit when it doesn't really matter in the end game uh, because it doesn't directly benefit the people that they're doing it for. And these are the shows that when people say that they don't like to see real life politics or anything in their entertainment, good entertainment is actually able to weave this into their storylines in a natural way. Now, there's also a place for movies, I think, like Don't Look Up, which are satire, which were directly address the politics or the or the happenings of the time. But shows like Arcane are also able to address things like class inequality in a way that I think keeps people on board that otherwise would have yelled, keep your politics out of my animated video game show. It's in there. It's just so well integrated into the story that you don't feel like you're being told what's going on. Everything culminates in this showdown between Jinx and Vi and Silco. And then we have Kate or Caitlin, who's the character I look forward to getting to know more in the next season because she is integral to the plot. She's the one who lets Vi out of prison. She's with Vi a lot. And you do have a little bit of story about her being an enforcer and the conflict there. But I think the thing that's really there to explore is her relationship with Vi. It does seem like it is a romantic relationship. But again, it's not that straightforward because you also have Powder slash Jinx's jealousy of that relationship as if her sister can only love one person at a time. And I don't think that that is a conflict that is solved by the end end of this season. Stuff that's lingering just below the surface with Vi and Kate in this season could become major character beats in season two. Obviously, the character beats in the story aren't the only thing that the show has to offer. In addition to the beautiful visuals, which I talked about already, the fight scenes were great, particularly in the second and third act of the show as the hex tech starts being applied to weaponry. And there are other side characters like Professor Heimerdinger, who's the legacy founder of Piltover, who's shoved aside. He's now with the Resistance Firelights underground and seems like he's going to ally with them. There's also Savika, who had her own complicated relationship relationship with Silco. She looks primed perhaps to inherit his position going forward. She and Vi had a great rivalry that I look forward to seeing more of. Obviously, as we head into season two, the future of everything, particularly in Piltover, is very much in jeopardy. I liked the cliffhanger ending, I, I think you could safely call that, of the show in this season in that it closed a chapter for our characters, and yet it opens up a variety of new things for the next season and places for them to go. And again, as a testament to the fact that I'm not invested in the video game at all. I am very invested in this show and what's going to happen in the second season of Arcane. And while I may spend zero minutes in my life playing League of Legends, I will spend many more minutes and hours in my life watching Arcane because I am primed for season two and beyond. It's got me on a story level. It's got me on a character level. And for everybody that recommended that I watch Arcane, you are absolutely right. And I thank you for that recommendation. So it doesn't need to be said that I was a big fan of Arcane. It was a great way to wrap out 2021 and, and ring in 2022. Before we wrap up, I want to thank today's sponsor, which is Stamps.com. We are, as I said, at the very beginning of 2022, and it is a season of different goals for me. I'm trying lots of new things, and one of the things that I haven't really researched seriously is merch. And a lot of people have asked uh, here and on Patreon and elsewhere, you know, are you ever going to do merch? And my answer has always been, well, I'd like to, but it, it seems really 
complicated because, you know, I don't want all that time to be devoted to figuring out shipping and figuring out all of that stuff, which is why I'm really happy to now be partnered with Stamps.com because they have kind of reopened that door for me because they have taken a lot of that hassle and question out of shipping and made things a lot easier to start thinking about doing things like merch. Stamps.com has been helping big and small business for over 20 years and now gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services that you need right from your computer with discounts you can't find anywhere else, including up to 40% off of United States Postal Service rates and 70 plus percent off of UPS. All you need is a computer and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment, and you're up and running in minutes to ship any letter any package, anywhere. Not only can you save time and money this year with Stamps.com, but you can also sign up with the promo code MERLE, that's M-U-R-R-E-L-L, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale with no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code MERLE, that's M-U-R-R-E-L-L, for a four-week free trial, free postage, and a digital scale. I want to thank Stamps.com for sponsoring today's review, and I want to thank you for watching. And don't forget that you can get everything I do here on YouTube as an audio podcast down below. You'll find all the links to the Dan Merle Audio Podcast channel. In fact, you will be getting an audio exclusive this week as I review the new movie, The 355. You'll only be able to find that review on the podcast network. But don't worry, because you're still going to get other reviews, charts, and a lot of special videos that I've got cooking up right here on YouTube. YouTube as well. Thanks so much for watching. I hope you're having a happy and safe 2022 and I'll see you soon. Bye.